0: Um, once again, to Pod, be with you. This is Paige, and I'm from the Congregational Church of Batavia.
1: This is Aaron from the First Congregational Church of Dundee, and I don't have as much energy as Paige. Clearly today, <laughs> but that's okay. We will balance each other out nicely.
0: It, it, it'll work out fine. I've had my coffee. I'm good to go. So
1: at least one. It sounds yeah, like two. Yeah. Okay. There yeah. it is. Uh, we don't have a Bible study today. Specifically, we are doing kind of a one-off special on gratitude. In honor of Thanksgiving week, this next week. Now, this isn't to say we haven't talked about gratitude plenty, right. but we're going to focus on it specifically today, mm-hmm. and because there is a ton to it. Now, I think that gratitude is this sort of universally yearned for, this universally valued experience, sensation, spiritual state, whatever you want to call it, and yet for many, pretty elusive and sometimes, really frustrating to try to feel. We live either pretty far from it or we go long times in between experiencing gratitude. And then, when we do, there can be this mix of, or I should say, even when we don't, there's a sense of, and I, I know that I should. Yeah. There's this self mm-hmm. judgment. And so then we feel really guilty mm-hmm. for not feeling grateful look at all this, I know intellectually, I should be grateful. And yet, I'm not feeling it there is. So part of what I hope we're going to do today is really unpack not just what gratitude is, because that's pretty pedantic to just but but more and, and not even say here are the things you should do and hear your top three things, and then do these things, and you'll feel gratitude all the time. But really, I think be honest about why gratitude for many people is so difficult for many of us, I'll include myself in that, is so difficult, and what some of the barriers are that we experience. What are the obstacles? What? Why are we not feeling it? Even what we want to experience, mm-hmm. even when we try to intentionally experience it, why is it difficult? What's in the way and, and how can we cultivate yeah. gratitude?
0: I think that's a really good idea. I can't tell you just the number of times I sit down with someone, anyone who prefaces it, prefaces is, nailed it. There's that coffee again, that caffeine just going, 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 that prefaces what they're going to say with something like, well, I know that so many people have it worse, but, and mm. you can hear the guilt yeah, you can hear the that, guilt yes. in that they they know that they or they think they should well, yeah, be feeling that's the diff- they yeah. think they should be feeling a particular way and um I, I yeah i think that that's a a really fruitful conversation for us to be able to have um and uh there, yeah there's so much that blocks it um
1: well so let's let's start there okay um I I know for me personally, I'm drawing on two books in particular that for me have been formative. Uh, One is The Book of Joy, which is a a book that came out of an extended conversation with His Holiness the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Desmond Tutu. When you were still here and we we were working together in Dundee, we did a whole series on The Book of Joy. Oh
0: man, that was fun.
1: And we followed it. I remember literally the next Sunday we Mm -hmm. transitioned straight into a series on the other book, which is called Grateful by Diana Butler Bass, who is sort of an all-around Christian thinker and Mm -hmm. a really wonderful author. In both of these, one of the reasons I should say that I love both of these is because in both of these they are honest about how difficult joy and gratitude are. And I might use some of these kind of interchangeably because one of the insights, of course, of both these books is joy is intimately connected to gratitude, Mm -hmm. but also to peace and contentment and all of these other things Mm -hmm. that are dimensions of the same spiritual experience, right? right? You don't have joy without gratitude and vice versa. So when we talk about cultivating one or removing the barriers to one, we're usually talking about removing the barriers to both or all of these, right? Or if you talk about cultivating one, you're cultivating all, right? Okay, so they're honest about the barriers. Why this is difficult to us. In fact, there's three sections in the book of joy, and the first is describing what joy is, and the last section is um, the eight pillars of joy. And this, but the middle section of the book is the obstacles to joy. Yeah, which is the longest section of the book. Is and, and
0: I would say from reading it, also for me, the most compelling yes in some i mean in some ways all of it was really wonderful these these two men have wisdom and experience to spare and um and uh but i really liked that that middle section because i remember just diving in and going oh yeah they're right on the money with this mm. you know they and and to be able like you said to be honest about it and to be honest about it without feeling that shame or guilt that comes along mm. uh, alongside sometimes um I think it's also really important to just be able to say it's hard mm. without feeling like you failed mm. um, is, is a, a step in the right direction to begin with um, and uh, I think that that that's one of the pieces of both of these books that I appreciated more than anything else.
1: Mm. Diana Butler Bass starts there in, in mm-hmm. her book Grateful. She at one point in her life she says she She confesses, right, in her own word, right, her struggle with gratitude. And at one point in her life, she just decided that wasn't her. She was just bad at gratitude. Good at a lot of things, Mm -hmm. but bad at gratitude. She was just, that was not going to be her thing. Yeah. And I I know that for me. Let's talk a little bit more about that first experience of gratitude or lack of gratitude. When somebody brings up gratitude, often enough, the first thing that I feel isn't, you know, this wash of warmth and self-acceptance and love. And you're right. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Like you said, the first thing I feel is guilty mm-hmm. or ashamed or angry or defensive mm-hmm. or these things. Of When someone tells me to be more grateful, right, you should really be more grateful. Or I feel like someone's trying to tell me to be more grateful. The, let's just say the first thing I feel is not grateful.
0: That's like somebody telling you to calm down.
1: <laughs> That's it's about, it's, Yes, we can categorize it into the same place. But it's also like, yes, you're absolutely right. I should be more grateful. I should also eat more veggies and I should go to the gym more and I should save money a lot earlier in my life. And I should never miss a moment with my precious children because they're <laughs> going to grow up and go so fast. And aren't they amazing? And it's like, well, yeah, of course. Um, yes, gratitude is a wonderful beautiful life-giving thing and if we put it in the category of shoulds it's like yeah we'll we'll get there yeah so all right well let's as i said let's start here let's be honest about the fact that most of our life and culture set up right now social culture economic culture all of this is not set up to help us with gratitude. No. Right? To put it mildly. Otherwise, if you take a look at the ecosystem that we've created for ourselves of culture, no wonder, right? Most of it is set up to be the opposite of gratitude. Mm-hmm. It is set up to keep us in a place of perpetual discontentment, mm-hmm. dissatisfaction. It is meant to cultivate not gratitude it's meant to cultivate specifically this sense that we are not enough
0: forgive me if i if i put in this overwhelming overarching <laughs> comment that that's the way capitalism works sure. right
1: i mean that <laughs> <laughs> well in some ways it does depend on everybody not needing more yes. want not being more needing more wanting more buying more doing more mm-hmm. right producing more pick. It, it is the the sense of more mm-hmm. and the sense of more usually comes from a sense of because what is is not enough exactly right, right. even well meaning sense and, and of progress yes. and all this stuff is this sense of we should always be doing more there's always something better to be mm-hmm. we ha- we always have work that is left undone there's a and The Like most great lies, there's some truth to it.
0: Absolutely, yep.
1: Right? There's Mm -hmm. enough truth in that to keep you hooked. And yet, cultivating, as we said, discontentment, the sense that you're not enough. But you could be. If only you bought this. If only you did this. If only you looked like this. If only you were this person. If only our society was like this. If only, you know, then... And in part that moment never comes. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean there aren't things to work on. Doesn't mean there aren't things we want to improve. It doesn't mean but if we take what is wrong or what we perceive to be wrong about, let's just say, ourselves and our life and the people around us and everything that's if we which is so easy to do, we take that and we it fills up our entire scope of vision, then you can have all that, but you are not gonna be grateful. No. Great gratitude, joy, contentment, peace will not grow in that environment. Mm-hmm. So there was a phrase we kind of came back to in Bible study this morning, and it's a phrase that I heard in sort of like health and fitness stuff as it relates to the physical body. And the phrase is, you can't out train a bad diet, Right. There's this sense of no matter how hard you work, you cannot work hard enough, spend enough hours in the gym, exercise long enough, and hard, effectively enough, if the rest of the time you're eating McDonald's and Country Donuts and whatever else you want. Hey, right?
0: be careful slamming on the Country Donuts. I knew, there, I knew right? that. Just, I was. That's a,
1: mm, I, yeah, that's what I said. Sacred. I knew I was, I was really meddling then. <laughs> no, it's not necessary. It's but this sense of if. If we are, if if that is what we're doing, if our goal is, say, to be physically healthier, to do that, you cannot work hard enough to overcome, right, if your diet is not mm-hmm. aligned with that. Um, I think the same thing can be true spiritually.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If there are so many things around us that are spiritually poisonous or spiritually unhealthy that we're swimming in every day, and you can't just add a little bit of spiritual work to this and say... You're going to overcome it. You can't out train a bad spiritual diet either. And this is, you know, people who are spending their days with just consuming news, for instance, <sighs> sitting in front of cable, getting an IV drip of partisan news, social media. Spend, I was going to say social I mean, media is the that's big, a big, one, one. big one. Right? This cesspool of nonsense, of anger, vitriol. Bickering, nonsense, uh, comparison, bragging—I yep. um, mean, that the entire ethos of all of that of it is—it's the opposite of cultivating contentment. It's adding noise. It's adding complexity. It's adding anger. It's adding hurt. It's adding—it's adding whatever else it is. And it doesn't mean don't pay attention to the world. Doesn't mean get selfish and only focus on yourself. But do realize that so much of that. If what we're focusing on is gratitude and what we're after is gratitude, contentment, peace, joy, all the rest of that won't get you there, mm. right? When, when's the last time any of us watched the news or was on social media and left that going, you know what? I feel better. <laughs> I feel better about myself. About The world that we I feel, live yeah, in. I feel more hopeful, yeah. peaceful, no. contented. It doesn't work Inspired, yeah. grateful. Never right what are some of the some of the other barriers and obstacles you are seeing um,
0: well related to news and social media yeah. it's just in in everyday life that um, that uh, very human um, uh, tendency to compare,
1: compare huge, Oh my yes. gosh,
0: it's huge um, And to t- and Social media I think really highlights That because people only ever Really put their best selves out On social media and they're like My new car, my new job, my perfect Kids mm. um, And you know, and you're like oh, I have to do the dishes Right, mm-hmm, I mean mm-hmm. But I think in, in in life in general We do that all the time and, uh, what is it? Comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. Um, and, uh, it, it just, it just, it just eats away and erodes that sense of gratitude that might be there. That's uh, it. cause it's, you know, it's not enough. We're not enough. Somehow we failed. And I think that's a, that's a big one for, for me. Mm. I have a really hard time with that.
1: It's so hard. I mean, you can't, you know, marinate in that all day no. in, in that really corrosive, you said mm-hmm. environment, and then come out of it spiritually unscathed.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: It, yeah. It it is it is so difficult. It, there was a study uh done a number of years ago where they asked Americans across sort of different economic strata what they thought they would need in order to feel content, and every strata on average said that if they made about 20% more than they were currently making, they'd feel content. So everybody thought that the people in the rung above them had it made. Yeah. But those people didn't think they had it made. Those people thought the people above them had it made, and on and on. Mm-hmm. And everybody thought they would be content when. They mm-hmm. thought they would feel gratitude when. Um, and it's it, it has never worked that way. There's a saying that I think was quoted in the Book of Joy that says, "You, if you want to be rich, have poor friends. <laughs> <laughs> there, right? There is this sense of if, if you're going to play that comparison game, right, if you're going to have a have a sense of your own abundance, mm-hmm. right? Then mm-hmm. constantly paying attention to the people who have a lot more of you is not going to make you feel abundance They're, It's going to make you feel scarcity. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about this. I know you and I have both. Uh, so what's the antidote to some of this, right? And a lot of that is starts and ends with helping other people. Yep. Right. It is especially people who are vulnerable, living with real scarcity living in a different set of circumstances Mm -hmm. there is no faster way i think in some ways no more lasting way to perspective gratitude mindfulness to waking you up to what you have than there is to right i've said this before but there's there's only it doesn't take that many trips to the cinder block outhouse to make or to a communal bathroom, or the, to make that bathroom at home that you are convinced you have to renovate, actually seem pretty sweet.
0: Palatial. Yeah. I think, I think the key to all of this is, like you said, perspective, um, and it helps us to redefine that word abundance. Yeah. Um, and I think that that I think that that's key too. Our culture tells us what abundance is. Mm. The Bible talks about abundance in a completely different way. And, um, and promises that it is part of God's kingdom and God's will for us. This is not, you know, the get rich quick gospel, um, at all. This is, this is redefining what abundance is and, um, and being able to see that. And I think you're exactly right. When we engage in helping other people, um, that that gets redefined for us. We begin mm. to understand a little bit more clearly what Christ is talking about, what the prophets are talking about, what God has in mind. And it is not 20% more. <laughs> mm. It's not. No, it's not.
1: What we find is we would probably actually feel better with 20% less for yeah. some of us in certain places, right? Mm-hmm. The youth group, our youth group at FCC was um helping at pads last night, which is a homeless shelter um, and and resource center and many other things in Elgin. And every time I go there or somewhere like there, I'm reminded of so many different things. But out of all of that, if, if you can do that and not leave with a sense of, you know, and drive away in your car and go to your warm, clean home with food and water and, and safety and all these other things and put your kids on the bus the next morning with warmth and safety and food. If you you can't leave there and and then experience that and not have some perspective and not feel gratitude. But gratitude, like so many things spiritually, when there's something in ourselves that we're after or what we want, perhaps counterintuitively, they start by paying attention to other people. Right. When when it's gratitude or joy, contentment, some of this we need to cultivate and just have time sort of with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And yet a lot of other times it's through helping others and looking at others and broadening our perspective and getting more connecting with others that we actually find what we ourselves were after. Mm -hmm. That just sitting by ourselves and thinking harder about it wasn't going to get us there. Mm All right. Maybe you have. Maybe we all have somebody in our mind when we think of a homeless person. We have somebody we picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that—that's probably that's true. And it's a lot more than that. Yep. And it's everybody else. Mm-hmm. It's families. F- a yeah. lot of families. A lot of women with their kids. A lot. A lot of women with kids. Yeah. For a number of different reasons, but.
0: In my, um, it, it just interestingly, in, in my uh, ministerial group in Batavia, mm. um, one of the people who comes to that is the like one of the resource officers uh, for the school district. Mm. And what she was telling us is the number of homeless kids that are in the school system is rising precipitously mm. Even in a suburb like Batavia, right? You know, and and the realities of that that and these are our neighbors. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean this is not
1: our kids are going to school with them. With them. They're classmates, yes. yes. And they won't know necessarily that they're currently living out of a car. yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And 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 it's not just it's not just comparing yourself to others who don't have a lot. It's right. actually being in communication and um, relationship with others who don't have a lot and finding out the things that they're grateful for that we mm. take for granted. And I think, again, that's part of that redefinition of it's not just saying, well, thank God I have a car and they don't, but to, to be able to talk to somebody um, and have them say, well, I'm just so grateful for my relationship with so-and-so or mm. you know, the, the way this played out. And and to realize that gratitude doesn't rely on stuff, mm. it relies on a number of other things that we need to be. And again, it's that shift in perspective. I think
1: it relies on mindfulness, right? Yes, on paying attention, being aware, waking up. Right pick your Pick your word for it's it,
0: Advent. Wake right? up. Yes, yeah,
1: that's it. It is. It is here. The kingdom mm-hmm. of God is at hand. Mm-hmm. And when Jesus spends his time with the Quote unquote least of these, at least those who his society and many societies consider to be the least of these, mm-hmm. those doing worst. Um, he speaks about them being closer to the kingdom of God. Yeah. The first will be last. The last will be first. And I want to be clear that I don't know that there's anything inherently spiritually enriching about poverty, no. especially horrible suffering ingrained poverty, yeah. right? People choosing to have less is a lot different than ennobling S- true poverty. Yeah. We are talking about in some real vulnerability, real suffering, real yeah. desperation. And this is are I do systemic, not want to systemic
0: generational.
1: Yeah. And we are not talking about at the end of the day, you know, aren't they the lucky ones? You know, none of that BS. Nope. Right. Um, but we are saying that connecting with where other people are living their lives is a fast track to perspective. Mm-hmm. And perspective breeds gratitude, right? Yeah. So if we're really after gratitude and we wonder why we can't find it in all our stuff and in our wanting and in the rest of it, it's you, but there are opportunities everywhere. I think you and I, there, there are many things about being a pastor that I think people look at it and go, isn't that really? heavy or stressful or hard or grieving especially we spend a lot of time with people who are going through difficult things oh yeah right and isn't that hard stressful a lot sad yes yeah Mm -hmm. it is on the other hand for us we are one of the great blessings of our vocation i think is we're never very far away from perspective right we 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 don't it's hard for us just by virtue of what we encounter day in and day out and, ha- and are kind of forced vocationally to pay attention to, we're never, it's tough for us to slip into sort of a, an ignorance is bliss mm-hmm. and not be aware of these things. That's true. Sometimes too aware. Sometimes it's hard to undo that, mm-hmm. and that's another conversation. But we get a healthy dose of perspective all the time. Yeah. And I found that incredibly helpful um, to 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 try to stay woken up, right? Mm-hmm. To try to stay um, aware, mindful, and all these things that lead to grateful. Yeah. So one of the things that I hear us saying that I've heard, you know, folks in Bible study saying is, when it comes to gratitude, a, a big and and why it's so tough to get there. Is that it's not not directly just do this and you will be more grateful. A lot of it is more indirect, right? It's sort of gratitude is there, but it needs to be unburied, Mm -hmm. right? Or gratitude is trying to grow, but it's being poisoned and drowned out by a lot of this other nonsense. So some of it is about undoing stuff. Some of it is about stopping doing stuff that is getting in your way. And some of it is about doing stuff for others and you will find what you yourself were after. Yeah. So a lot of these feel perhaps counterintuitive and indirect, but so much of it is not necessarily working on gratitude itself. Just like it's not, I want to keep my life the same, but add more joy to it. It, No, that's not how it works. A lot of it is about, uh, as I said, removing the things that are in the way of it and it will take care of itself.
0: Yeah. No, I think you're exactly right. There's no... There's no direct route from here to there, um, and it, and like you said, it may seem sort of uh, circuitous, um, but that's the way it works, um, and uh, which is why I think. It's so hard for people to be able to find the practices in their lives that will lead them there mm. um, because it does, it doesn't, it doesn't fit together like a puzzle mm. um, and it doesn't lock into place like that. It, it, it is this, this indirect route very often, again, to use the metaphor that we hear over and over and over again in the mm. gospels and in, in, in the Hebrew Bible, it's a journey, mm. right? And, and you have to take those steps and you have to be on the journey and engaged in it to be able to get there. And that's part, part that's part of the struggle we we want to like a self-help if you do this this will happen and it it just doesn't work that way
1: you you can't buy it you can't force it and you can't have it immediately and that sucks right Mm -hmm. (laughs) you want it to i want to feel grateful right now uh, reminds me of one of my favorite prayers: "Is God help me be more patient immediately?" Yeah, like yeah. And mm-hmm. if you could get on it, I would really appreciate it. Yeah. Like I needed to be patient yesterday, please. Um, so <laughs> let's go. Uh, but patience is another theme that came up over and over in our conversations about gratitude and Bible study. Um, there is a sense of part of what we need to do is wait. Part of what we we need is when we hate that. We hate waiting. We want to be able to make it happen. We want what we want when we want it. And then when we can't do that with gratitude, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it is really scary, infuriating, frustrating, right? And yet, like joy too, right? You, You can't so much make it happen so much as it's our work to create the conditions in which that can arrive because yes. even if we can't do a lot to make it show up we can sure as hell do a lot
0: to bury it to bury it yeah. to make
1: sure it never shows to, yeah up, to make sure right? it
0: can't re- take root so
1: let's yep. talk about removing all the stuff that makes sure it doesn't happen yeah but then even when we want it to happen you know there's that's not how it works no i don't think and yet then we can if we do more of the things that turn into gratitude, perspective, mindfulness, pain. if we can get used to those things, if we create a better environment and do more of the things, humor, compassion, yeah. right? It, all of this, right? That, that get us to that place. We will experience it more often. We can cultivate it. It will grow. It will thrive. I know we're using a lot of horticultural kind of metaphors, but I think <laughs> they're, they're apt, right? There is this sense of when you're growing something, you don't grow the thing. right? You just create the conditions in which it in can which grow it can, itself, yeah, right? Yeah. And I think spiritually there's a lot to be said. I can't make this flower grow. I can sure as hell make sure it doesn't. Yep. But my job is to write, not do those things that make sure it doesn't grow and, and then create the right environment in which it is most likely to grow and then enjoy.
0: And I, th- I think at the heart of part of this conversation in both removing the obstacles and creating the, the groundwork in which something can be built to change the metaphor for a moment Mm is, is, is this intentionality. I think a lot of times uh, when we, when we wait for something to happen, we're just waiting for it to arrive. And Mm -hmm. instead there, there is, we have to waiting yeah, the (laughs) active waiting. We have to be intentional about creating those, um, spaces where it can, and I, over and over and over again, um, the life of faith, I, I just keep arriving at that intentionality. Mm. It doesn't happen accidental. Well, no. Sure, we all have moments where gratitude will sneak up on us and grab us by the head and shake yeah, us, and, right? Or
1: peace, or joy, or, or dr- consent. It just washes over us for a moment. Exactly, yeah. and, and we God don't bless know why. those moments. Yeah, right, and
0: yes. they do happen. But if we want to sustain those sort of things, all of them, then the life of faith uh, whatever faith you want to follow, mm. it requires a certain amount of intentionality mm-hmm. and engaging some real
1: tough decisions, some disciplines, some so, disciplines,
0: yes, yes. Um, and uh, and it it requires change in transformation in the way that we live every day.
1: And a lot of it is saying no. Yep. Which sucks. Yeah. Because we want to say yes. Just say. Just tell me to journal. Like, give me, give me something else to add that will make this true. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, no, unfortunately, it's going to be a lot of hard saying no more than it is yeah. saying yes to something. Right. It is more about eliminating mm-hmm. things that are poisonous in that way.
0: Um yeah, absolutely right. Uh we we've talked about this in the past. We've talked about it with our confirmation kids. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it with the youth group. We've talked about it with adult Bible studies, uh, when we were both here together. The fine art of saying no. Mm. And how um
1: the true spiritual discipline the, of saying practice yes. of saying yes and saying because no. Because if you're
0: gonna say yes to one thing, that usually means you're saying no to something else. Yeah. And and again, like you said, we don't like to do that. It it, it makes us uncomfortable, um, and we think to ourselves, maybe I'm cutting off this whole possibility. Mm, there's a grief to that. There's they a grief it. to it. <laughs> yeah, and and but that is part and parcel of this too. Yeah, um, and that's a discipline.
1: Let's talk also about sort of a state of being, in general, that where gratitude will not show up. Um, you and I have both use this metaphor and it's for me it's one of my favorites and it's the metaphor of the glitter jar
0: yes right yes
1: so i've probably said this here before but um imagine a, a jar ball jar filled with water and glitter and you shake it what we have is a shaken up glitter jar yeah right and you can picture that swirling sensation colors light chaos and even some f- beauty Even some beauty, without a doubt. Right. Um, But picture ourselves in that state Mm -hmm. of being stressed, being overwhelmed, being uh, agitated, feeling turbulent, feeling intense, feeling all these things at once. Even feeling busy, feeling stressed, feeling overwhelmed, whatever, right? Because our glitter jars all shook up. Mm -hmm. Well, what's one of the things that people tend to do with... Someone, when their glitter jar is all shook up, they tend to come in there and try to fix it. Yeah. And they say, well, just, or we ourselves try to fix it. Yeah. We'll just do this thing. That'll fix it. Or think differently. Or let me tell you why, uh, let me give you an hour long lecture on how to feel differently. Yeah. Or let's go in there and put all those things back into place. And the only way to settle a glitter jar is stillness and time.
0: Yeah. Which again, we don't like.
1: No. No. We'd rather go in there and fix it, but all those things that we're doing to try to control it, make it better, do it better is It
0: just stirs everything up again.
1: Just keep shaking the glitter yep. jar.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. It gets it, all of those all of those bits and pieces into play and you cannot individually reach in and grab that thing and and anchor it down.
1: But you give it stillness and mm-hmm. you give it time and what do you know? So much of that sorts itself out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I I worry sometimes that when we talk about gratitude, and we are, quote unquote, working on gratitude, what we're really doing, what we really end up doing is just shaking our glitter jar even even more. And sometimes, spiritually, what we need is stillness and time, and let stuff fall to the bottom, Mm -hmm. go back to their proper place, and then we will find actually what we were looking for was there the whole time we just had to wait for it mm-hmm. if we have the patience to give it stillness and time a lot of this will sort itself out mm-hmm. rather than what is wrong with me i have to go in there i have to fix it i mm-hmm. feel bad for not feeling the way that i sh- think i should be feeling and if but if i add this other thing or if i really do this really hard then then it, sometimes that's sometimes none of that is the answer sometimes there is no other answer other than letting your glitter jar settle
0: yeah, exactly. There's this there's this great story uh that the monk Teknahan uh tells at the beginning of one of his books, My Heart, The Sun, maybe I don't mm. remember. Um, but uh, he's he's playing with some of the kids from Plum Village, uh, where he was living in France. And, and and they were playing, and they got thirsty, so they came in, and he poured them apple juice. And one of the kids got the apple juice that was at the bottom of the jar, so it was all pulpy and wouldn't drink it. And so Technohan said, fine, set it off to the side. And then they all went out to play again. And this kid came back, and now the apple juice was clear, because in that time, it had settled. All of mm. the pulp had settled to the the bottom and the kid would drink it and this was a great um experience uh, opportunity for technohan to talk about why he meditates mm. why he actually carves out space and time mm. in a daily life um to let things kind of settle mm. um and uh, i just i love that story i think it and it always reminds me of the glitter jars and it reminds me of 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 how hard it can be when we are impatient for something Mm. um, to let nature and God do what they're going to do. And we're thirsty. We want it now. And that's, that's not always the way it works.
1: Well, and so many of us are having so many different experiences and we are so busy. We don't think that the discipline is actually to create space. The discipline is to make a time for nothing, Mm. to be unproductive for Americans. Don't do that. Nope. And again, why do we struggle with gratitude? Because we wish the answers were different. Yep. Because we don't want to do, and I'll speak personally. I don't want to do the things that I have to do mm-hmm. to get to that place. I want the answers to be different, and they're not. Right? Mm-hmm. And that, and yet when I do them, they work. Mm-hmm. And yet I have to relearn that, it feels like every time. Yep. And so, let's also give ourselves plenty of time and plenty of grace mm-hmm. to learn, and relearn, and choose, and forget, and then choose again, and over and over again, until it becomes. Because you know what? Many of us are not living a monastic life. No, many Shopping of us are li- <laughs> living in the the chaos and the churn and the demand of quote unquote real life. Mm-hmm. In this culture, in this society, where there are so many legitimate things mm-hmm. we need to do and are called to do and and feel like we should do, and are the the moment forget day to day, the moment to moment saying yes mm-hmm. and saying no and what's the right thing and how is it supposed to go, it can be itself exhausting mm-hmm. and paralyzing. Trying to do good can be <laughs> exhausting, um, and and yet. There's no substitute for that stillness and time, which for many of us is hard to get. And when we do get it, it's hard to not fill with other stuff, especially nonsense stuff. And yet that is that is the way, to borrow a phrase. This is the <laughs> way. I knew I would get you with that one. Nice. I don't know, then, for how many Thanksgiving... Necessarily sets up to be this time when you are awash in gratitude.
0: No, it really doesn't. It throws together so many of those things that <laughs> shake actually our shake jars. our <laughs> glitter jars ridiculously. Right? It's, it's, it's travel it's putting aside work for a certain amount of time in order to and oh wow I mean that's rough to do you know am I turning up my phone and am I not looking at email oh my lord Mm -hmm. that causes me so much stress it's getting together with often family that Mm -hmm. that shakes the glitter jar it's it's I've got to cook I've got to clean I've got to set everything up I all of
1: comparison games who's bringing what food and how good is it exactly and and who's hosting who's not what are what is their house like who's how oh my gosh how are it, the
0: kids behaving it yeah, can be it, like
1: real life only more intense yes right yes,
0: it does not set up which is why I think um, uh, statistically uh, we've heard over the last few years that Thanksgiving sets up to be one of the biggest drinking days <laughs> so, in, yeah. in the entire calendar yeah um, because people are just, they're they're just shaken it's to the core much. it's too much it does and it is not they set want to up. numb
1: to it and people need to numb to it they need yep. to escape it they need to whatever yep. it is
0: and it, it yeah and then in the the flurry of this activity with all of this madness happening you're supposed to sit down around a table and take two seconds and say i'm grateful for mm-hmm. right and it just it doesn't
1: Di- <laughs> diana butler bass when they would do that as a Large family and sit down and everybody would go around and say what well, at the table they couldn't eat until everybody had said something they were thankful for. She referred to that as a turkey a turkey hostage situation. Yes, I love like that. That's felt, so fantastic. She felt yeah. extorted yes. for gratitude. Yes. Um, and and yeah, well, and so this it's this time of abundance and here's everybody and what a gift and it's all that look at all this stuff we're bringing all this stuff of our lives together isn't it amazing? And so why would that be? And it's true. So why would that be so hard to feel? Yeah. And ironically, we, we talked about, again, in Bible study, the times when we felt the most gratitude and peace and contentment. We connected with those things. Again, counterintuitively, mm-hmm. it was often during really hard times. Yeah. It was during times of loss. Mm-hmm. It's when you are missing someone. It's yeah. when something goes away. It's, yeah. it's
0: amazing how grief Mm. ties into that feeling of gratitude, too. You're exactly right. In the loss, in the missing of something, in that moment of... Of feeling that heaviness, you can also feel this immense gratitude. For I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking most recently of of um, the the celebration we had of of the saints who have gone ahead, yes. right? And so we have this wonderful service uh, at the end of the year where we light candles and we name the names of all of these people that mm. have been part of our lives that have passed away. And I always, inevitably, in the midst of the grief, mm. feel this huge wave of gratitude, Mm. that they were in my lives, that I'm richer, right? And so I think the connection between grief and gratitude is a strong one. And we don't like to think about that very often.
1: If for no other reason, then it it is another fast track to perspective. Yes. And perspective, right? I, I don't know. I have not looked this up, so don't fact check me, but it's a good quote, even if Confucius didn't say it. But someone said that Confucius said that a person has two lives and the second one begins the moment they realize they only have one right mm-hmm. and i all of these different things that bring us back to the sort of blessed urgency of this is it like it's now it's not later it's not when it's not if it it's you know if this is true then i will feel it it's not when this is done that it is it is now. Mm-hmm. It is always now. It is always only now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, not to get too Buddhist about it, but there's that sense of, but that's what mindfulness does, is mm-hmm. it bring us, bring, brings us back to wake up, to ground ourselves in the present, in what is, in the abundance. in, And I, I would offer for many of us, I know for, for me, the easy thing to do is going to be to do the stuff of Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and get bogged down in the busyness and get, if not overwhelmed, just to, to, to you learn to love that busyness and that chaos mm-hmm. and you just kind of endure it or you get through it. And it's kind of a, a thing, but to really slow way down with it mm-hmm. and to be easier with it, but then also to be in it a lot more, to look around more. And to know that, again, to borrow another phrase, I think this is Billy Joel, but these are the good old days, right? I think that's Billy Joel. I don't know. <laughs> I thought you would have that.
0: I don't. I don't have thought that. One, on you that. would
1: have that pull. No, I don't. Somebody out there is screaming. It's, it's not Billy Joel. It's yeah. somebody else. Anyway, but it's true. Yeah. Um, let's end with this. There's a a prayer from the Book of Joy. Um, actually, I don't know if this is from the Book of Joy or if this was from Grateful. I'll be honest. But it's in that mix, but it's a prayer from the Buddha. And the prayer is this. Let us rise up and be thankful. For if we didn't learn a lot today, at least we learned a little. And if we didn't learn a little, at least we didn't get sick. And if we got sick, at least we didn't die. So let us all be thankful which I have to say I found hilarious the first time, like how depressing, how, how low can we set this bar? But it. <laughs> but that's not the point of course.
0: Yeah. No, um, I have that. I have that written down in a notebook. Mm. I, I think it, I actually think it comes from grateful. Um, yes. And uh, I, um, I wrote it down as soon as I saw it and, and have it in this notebook that I can return to regularly mm. um, because it's so, yes, the bar is low, but, Dang, it's beautiful and there is always something.
1: Well the, and that's it. The bar isn't really low unless we expect every day to bring so much more than yes. this, right? And it, what it reconnects us is the foundation mm-hmm. of this, the essence of this mm-hmm. is are you alive? Be grateful. Yeah. Because life is a gift. Yeah. And if you're alive then you have another moment. And another moment. Another, another moment, moment for something to,
0: yes. Yes.
1: And every moment is a gift. And every moment has potential. Mm-hmm. Every moment is a chance to start again. Yeah. And to be there. And to be thank right. And mm-hmm. it's a it's a gift that we didn't we didn't make. Yeah. We didn't earn it. We didn't earn life. We didn't buy it. We didn't ask for it. We didn't we woke up into life. Into it, yep. And there is no, I think, better foundation for gratitude than the essential surrender to the giftedness of life.
0: That's so gospel. I,
1: I know. I know, wow. See, I thought we were going to spend most of the time with the Buddha today. No, you, you just bringing it, dragging straight it back into to the Jesus. gospel,
0: yeah.
1: Always dragging me back to Jesus, <laughs> Paige. <Patience. laughs>
0: That's what I do. It's so
1: true. <laughs> <laughs> we need each other. Uh. Thank you all. Uh, we are truly grateful. Yeah not to put too fine a point on it, that this gets to be a part of our work, that we have this time with one another in many ways because of you and that you are spending this time with us. We hope that you have, whatever it brings for you, a blessed and restful and abundant and grateful week ahead. Yeah, We will be back with you in two weeks. Right, We did this math really quick two thursdays from now is december that's crazy so we we will talk to if we're just talking to you through here we will talk to you next in in december December, already after the first week in advent well but let's not be there yet no let's be here be in the moment i'm into that yep thank you all so much have a great wonderful holiday we'll see you soon bye